Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix. We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires, instead of always looking for the next quick fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast, episode 114 with your girls, Kara and Kylie. Kylie, how are we doing today on this fine Tuesday? I feel like this is the first week in ages that we're getting on here and I don't have bags under my eyes. And I'm yeah, like, I'm sorry, I'm what? so tired. <laughs> I went to bed at like 1230 last night. You, I noticed that you got on here. You are vibrant. You're ready to go. I'm, I'm hyped. Love it. Shining. And it's like the one day that we have a guest that would understand why I'm tired. But... Literally. So funny. <laughs> I am yeah. personally on a high from the events of this weekend that we, oh. you know we need to recap. My Roman Empire. If you will. My Roman Empire is seeing Taylor Swift running to Travis Kelsey and wrapping <laughs> her arms around him and kissing him after I, the show. I've watched, I've watched every TikTok angle that's available. Um, I, I'm so I, sorry to interrupt on this part. I know <laughs> I said interrupt. I wouldn't. Is this why Twitter was freaking out about Travis Kelsey must be fucking Taylor Swift so hard? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Twitter yeah. was yeah. losing its mind about okay. something this weekend I think- regarding them. I think we all already know it, but yeah, it's like the first time they've been seen on camera kiss. Like it was like after one of her shows, he was there jamming with her dad. And then he's like Mm -hmm. waiting for her after the show. And it like is caught on her, like running under the stadium and just like leaping into the, like leaping into this man's arms. And okay. I know there was a lot of speculation too, because people were like, he just like stood there and blah, blah, blah. I think that he was personally being respectful of whatever she wanted. He stood there so respectfully because it was like, He probably didn't know like how much because he knew that there were thousands of people who could still see them. So he probably didn't know how much she wanted to show or whatever it may be. He looked looked nervous. Like it was really cute. Like the one angle that like zooms in, she's like like running up to him and he's like, no, (laughs) it's it's wholesome, honestly. Uh, There were people that were like, that were like, oh, it's part of the PR. How convenient that it was outside. I'm like, it's under her stadium, first of all. And I think that what's what the biggest flex is, is like, that's the first time they've been seen on like on an actual clear camera doing that. And yeah. it's like on her terms and her stadium, like after yes. she makes the announcement, like she does that shit with her song. That bitch just said hard launch. So I freaking I love it. it. And I was here for it. karma is the guy on the chiefs. Come on. Listen to me. The way that the internet works so fast, like immediately, literally the next morning merch was being sold with karma is the guy on the chiefs. I can't believe they didn't already do that already. They've already, they had that shirt in Dick's already that my sister got me that says karma is my tight end. And I'm like, I can't believe they didn't think about karma as the guy on the chiefs. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. The internet's crazy. So it works hard, but the internet works harder. Truly. So honestly, um, that was my Roman empire for, that was my excitement this weekend. She's saying end game. Okay. Let's just, are you kidding me? I'm very, I'm so jealous of end game. Plus the, is it over now mashup with out of the woods? crazy also i was listening to the toast and she was on one in argentina man she was and claudia said something really interesting and she was like i feel like she is listening even more to and like even deeper into like the swifties now because there there was somebody who went viral for that last week who was like am i hearing is anyone else hearing this and it was that exact same is it over now and out of the woods mashup and so i feel like she's like yeah you guys are right you know so i was also being like if you guys were wondering if this is about the same person it is (laughs) as if we didn't already know literally yeah so honestly that was uh that was a lot of my excitement for the weekend kylie i didn't do much else than that yeah and and read iron flame for all of my uh for all of my fourth wing girls girlies out here who i am trying to convince kylie to read did you pick it i up? bought it yeah I, it came it came in the mail oh, i'm gonna read I'm it so excited I'm i so still excited. have to i still have like four chapters left of it starts with us and i just think i'm never gonna finish it 
Oh, that's the worst. I know. I've had it. It's just, it's sat there for like three months with four chapters left. And I'm like, bitch, that you, I could finish it in 20 minutes. And I it just It starts haven't. with us definitely wasn't as good as it ends with us. So yeah. And I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm just like, I'm my like OCD won't let me move on to the next book knowing I have so little to finish in it. But now yeah. like the fourth wing is just like sitting in my dresser and I don't have a lot of time to read right now anyways. So it's like when I do read, I'm like, oh, I just want to start this new book. So I'm like, do I just abandon it? But I I'm like abandon it. But I'm like, I'm all the way into the sequel with like 20 minutes left. Like, why do I should just finish? Uh, okay. Okay. Like, finish it. And it, you have to immediately start fourth wing. When I tell you, you're going to be so sorry. <laughs> it is so good. So yeah. Well, yeah. you, Kara described it to me as Hunger Games and Harry Potter, but with sex. So yeah, it's absolutely incredible. It's like rated R Hunger Games and Harry Potter. It's amazing. Slay. I am so, yeah, fully I in love that. with the main character. So Satan. Yeah. Shout out. Well, that's you with every book. Yeah, that's me. That's the cancer in me. Yeah. Well, I have to, uh, I have to do that. Um, but yeah, otherwise my weekend was pretty chill. It was good. Um, I had a show Friday, I had a show Saturday. Um, and I actually had a show Saturday with our lovely guest that we have on today. So we can go ahead Hello. and bring her, bring her back in. So she, she sat through our, our pop culture recap, <laughs> like, like a gem. But yes. I also <laughs> like, right when you guys were getting in the meat of it, my dog decided to push through the, <laughs> through the door. So when I turned the camera off, it was actually because the dog was nosing through and I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh, oh, my, my cat, when, when you used to record this in my apartment, my cat would just like be on screen all the time, as you know, from doing my podcast, but yes. yeah, we'll go <laughs> ahead and intro um, our guest today. Super exciting. So um, Kara and I have talked <clears throat> on here a lot about the transitions I've been making in my life and things like that. And we were kind of just brainstorming about directions for the podcast and like how to kind of incorporate more of like both of what's going on in our lives into the podcast. And I was just like, wow, how have I not thought of this before? Um, I have a friend here in the comedy scene that um, for those of you who um, are dual listeners and listen to my podcast, you'll recognize her from that. We talked about an array of crazy shit on that podcast. Um, but what's actually really cool um, about Allison, our guest today, is that when we first connected um, in the comedy world, we actually had a mutual friend and found out that we had a lot of similar things in our backgrounds, uh, professionally and interest-wise. And one of those things was uh, fitness. She's dabbled in a little bit of like her own, like you know, workout programs and creation and things like that. Um, and it's just somebody who stays healthy and active here in the scene, which, as you guys have heard me talk about on here, is not an easy thing to do with this. Uh, type of schedule. So um, we were kind of like, that would be an awesome person to bring on and kind of bring some different perspective. Because even if those of you that aren't listening, that are listening are not necessarily comedy people, um, there we do have a lot of people that work like unconventional schedules Crazy and things shifts, like that. Yeah. yeah. So um, kind of bringing in like the importance of that, as well as, you know, how to make it happen is kind of our theme today. But mm -hmm. we have Miss Allison Voidovich. I said I would bring her on because nobody can say that last name. I would have absolutely butchered it. that. The <laughs> heck? I would have butchered that. <laughs> but uh she's also known as Allie Woe to the to the public. So um Allie, what is up? Welcome. Hi, yeah, I'm excited to be here. And it's so funny. Usually like I meet you meet people through comedy and like, yeah, you were one of the only people in comedy that I met because we had a mutual friend outside of comedy and they were like, you guys are maybe the same person y'all should meet. And I was like, okay, this is going to go really good or really bad. <laughs> yeah. It's always like that. It's always like I love that. that. If yeah, you're meeting Kylie, it, yes. If you're meeting Kylie, there is 99.9% .9 chance it's going to go really good. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But it's just like, if someone says you're the same person as someone else, I was like, oh, I hope they like me. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, sometimes real. you can butt heads for sure. For sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. We I, always um, say that's why Kylie and I get along so well, because we are so opposite. So alike in so many ways, but also so opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it helps yeah but Kara, it was just funny because I was like how did I not meet you before that friend connected us because you're out all the time I'm out all the time I see you yeah. multiple times a week now so it's yeah. like yeah. yeah I know yeah I had been doing I had been going to mics and stuff for a couple weeks but you're kind of at the you don't really do a lot of like mics and stuff anymore it's like, bad I don't around. go to mics that much anymore I, I there's mean, ones like that I like but yeah. it's also like it's probably influenced by when I started in Austin is like yeah it was not how it is now. And so I'm very thankful that the time that I needed to spend every night at a mic was like accessible or felt yeah. doable yeah. <laughs> at the time that I started. Whereas now I go to like, like a lot of the mics that I'll hit now are the pre-sign up ones because yep. I know like, yep. okay, I know I have a spot, you know, I, I can show up like a lot of those, they've pre-announced the list too. So it's like, you can show up and check in and go do something else and come back. Yep. Like 
the sit around and wait to maybe get a spot for three hours is such a grind. And I did it for so long. Yeah. And now yeah. I see like 50 people that I don't know at these mics that are set up that way. And I'm just like, this isn't worth the three minutes. I'd rather just go home and write because I think yeah. now I can like sit and think yeah. about things better than three hours at a mic to try three minutes in front of comedians, you know, like it, it gets to a certain point where it's like, I think I can try this new joke on a show or something, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. Cause that's kind of like how, I mean, I'm not even as far in and I'm already at the point where like, that's where I was when I did, wasn't meeting you. And now like I barely go to mics. And if I do, I do the sign up ones, but I'm the same way. It's like, if I have enough consistent shows, I'm like, I'll just do the new stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but- yeah. Uh, it it gives you like a better pulse on what real people want to like it sucks to bomb a a new joke on a show especially if you're getting paid but it's like if I'm testing this in front of comics I don't know if it's funny because the comics think it's funny or if real people think this is funny and the real people are the ones real people you know what (laughs) I mean the normies normies. (laughs) yeah because like what you say to comics to make them laugh is so bad and you kind of see it sometimes now like with people that are only getting out on at mics is like I try to book people that aren't getting booked on a, a lot of other stuff for my show. Like if you ask me to do my show, I try to get you a spot. And it's like, I've seen people go up and do jokes where they're like, this killed at the mics. And I'm like, yeah, but it was in front of comics. Like you have to, that's why I give people spots on my show. Yeah. It's like, let's see, you know, let's try and translate it. But yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Allison, how did you kind of, because obviously like Kylie, you know, like you have a health and fitness background. So kind of talk a little bit about that and like how you got into that and then transitioning into comedy. Was that kind of before comedy? Like how did that all come about? I've always been a person that has too many interests. Like someone the other day asked me. <laughs> That's where why I you and Kylie like, get along so well. <laughs> yes. Like someone asked me on a podcast a couple of days ago, like what's my, where do I want my comedy career to go? And I was like, I've wanted Joe Rogan's jobs since before I knew who Joe Rogan was. Like, it sounds so silly, but like I hunt, I'm into fitness. I love comedy. Like I love podcasting, like everything that he gets to do professionally shit. I love watching UFC. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's amazing. I thought I was like so creative and like, I have all these cool different interests. No one's going to be like me. And then Joe Rogan Mm -hmm. got famous for it. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) well, So I wouldn't say there was necessarily a point where one started before the other. I grew up playing sports. When I quit that to do theater, my dad was like, you still have to work out with me. Um, So the performance background definitely came from like growing up doing theater, also playing sports. Yeah. I decided I wanted to go the performance route. The deal was you still have to work out with me, your dad. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And so, yeah, I like learned how to do my own workout programming by the time I was in high school. Um, and when I graduated, I went to UT, I went for a theater degree, but I was kind of in the middle of like, not good mental health stuff. I was trying to figure out like what, cause nutrition was never the focus in my family. It was like work out and you can eat whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my parents are in shape. It's not like they're overweight. So it's like, that was great, yeah. but I was always still self-conscious about my body. Mm-hmm. So I was dealing with all of that stuff throughout college. And while I was there, I added a kinesiology degree because oh, I was like, I know I'm not doing this right. Like something's wrong. I, I knew I had disordered eating habits. Like I swung all over the place in college. And so it was mostly just like a personal curiosity of like, why am I uncomfortable in my body? Mm-hmm. Especially like amplified by the fact that I was on stage and kind of worried about how I looked you know what I mean and um so yeah it was mostly just a personal curiosity on like how does this actually work like how are there these people out there that are looking sexy as hell seemingly effortlessly and it's just how they live um so it's always just kind of been tied together for me but I think really like the the crux of all of these things is just about habits and like how tweaking little habits for anything can change your life like Mm-hmm. you know people ask me like how are you so fit now and it's like well I've been doing it intentionally and correctly for 10 years now <laughs> you know what I mean it's it, you can't beat time and consistent habits so yeah I would say like that's I don't know if that's the answer to your question but it's always kind of just been in there for me and I think it's just been a personal journey of like I want to be healthy but I also have these passions that I want to pursue how can mm-hmm. I just like structure my life and my habits to reflect that 
Yeah. I love that. I think that that's such, I think that that's such a great way to start the podcast and our conversation around obviously all of these different passions and like your work schedule and all that kind of stuff and how to center these habits around the rest of your life. Because I think that what, where a lot of people get tripped up at is, you know, they feel like they have to fit their life into this small little box, right? Mm -hmm. They have to restrict, they have to be a certain way. Everything has to be 100% perfect. Whereas realistically, if you are going to make health and fitness a lifestyle, you have to be able to integrate those habits into the rest of your life, right? And like Kylie and I talk about this all the time too. And it's like, I'm curious to know kind of with like kind of starting out, like with where you're currently at and your schedule and everything. And like, if you're, you know, doing late nights or doing like a lot of these different things, how do you kind of prioritize your overall just like rest and recovery? And what are some things that you do for yourself to make sure that you're actually feeling good? Because even like Kylie said, it's like, man, like you have some of those late nights and it's like, you're waking up feeling like you're hungover sometimes and you didn't even drink, right? Right. So it's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, it does help for me that I pretty much don't drink um, Mm -hmm. like ever. Like I haven't actually don't, I don't think I've had any alcohol since last New Year's and I don't even think I, I think I sipped some champagne. You know what I mean? Like alcohol has just never been my thing and I'm very thankful for that. It just, Mm -hmm. I wake up, like I joke that I literally think I'm allergic to alcohol because I (laughs) like Kylie said she lost her voice last week. I do that every time I drink, even if it's just a one-off, like I feel like such shit afterwards and it's always been like that. So that Mm -hmm. helps a lot. And I understand that most people really struggle with that. So I'm not going to try try and say that's the easy fix, but like that is one of the easiest things you can do to to feel better overall. Mm -hmm. Like there's pretty much a plethora of research now showing that no amount of alcohol is actually beneficial for you. Even the one glass mm-hmm. of wine that they said was trying to be healthy is yeah. That resveratrol in there probably. Yeah. Probably the amount, that the big amount of a health of, effect. The <laughs> amount of wine you would need to drink to get a beneficial dose of resveratrol would yeah. kill you. Like, <laughs> so yeah, there you go. You heard it here first folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, since we started with the habit change thing, like I've, I've never had like a, this is my end goal of what my career and my life is going to look like. I've always just wanted to know, I want to feel balanced. I want to prioritize the things that matter to me and I want to structure my life to reflect that. So Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I was 10 years ago, I was like, (laughs) I was like, was it 10 years ago? Eight to 10 years ago, I was like, you know, in college, freshly out of college and working all the jobs. Like I was training. I was doing a internship for something else. I was learning marketing because I thought I wanted to do my own business and like yada, yada, yada. And I just knew like stress and rest, like you just said, were the things I was totally neglecting, which is very Mm -hmm. common for someone in their young, you know, young twenties, just getting out of school. But I knew like, I felt like I could feel it. And I actually carried about 20 extra pounds at that time. And this was Mm -hmm. when I was eating the same I was working out the same, all those things. I was in the middle of figuring out I had PCOS, which also throws a huge wrench in your hormones and stress is like the number one thing that will cause weight loss if you, or weight gain, if you have that. Mm -hmm. So I think like, I, I have always wanted to just enjoy my schedule and I've always prioritized like freedom of time. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I was working like three jobs at once, barely making rent, asking my parents for help, sometimes I was like, how do I fix this? And so yeah, um, it was like, I had to pick my priority. My priority was that time freedom. It was somewhat of location freedom and I needed to be able to perform. Mm-hmm. So when I was structuring my business, I had to have that talk with myself. I was like, do I want to be a full-time trainer? Do I want to be an online trainer? Do I want to do something else in the health and health and fitness industry? Like, what is it that's going to help me do that? And Mm -hmm. so throughout the process of being a trainer nutritionist, I started working with some other brands that noticed I was naturally just good at social media. Mm -hmm. And so my business actually took a turn to be a social media manager for health brands, a lot of different supplement companies, doctors. I do copywriting, email, social blog edits, you know, all those things, a lot of writing stuff, right. still very Mm -hmm. similar to comedy. I'm writing Mm -hmm. a lot in my day job. And when I made that decision, it was like a duh, because it's like, I have all, like, I have a kinesiology degree. I know the nutrition stuff. I know the fitness stuff. I can talk to doctors and read their studies and translate it to them for real people. 
and I can make my own schedule doing it. Yeah. So that was kind of like, I just had to, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I needed the time freedom and I needed to perform. So I was like, okay, I like health and fitness. I want to help people in this industry somehow. I don't need to be the coach. I don't need to be the face. I can help grow these other brands that I believe in and then still like gain back my time freedom to be able to work on the craft that I want to work on. You know what I mean? For sure. And, and that, that parallel is so funny to me. It's, it's like literally so exactly. wild. It's so like, wild. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling that's almost exactly like how Kylie was thinking about it. But you know, so many yeah. people are like, how are you doing this? And to get back to your original question, like how do I prioritize rest and recovery? Because I have spent so much time like looking for clients that are okay with me just like not being online all the time like no Mm -hmm. one ever knows when they can contact me so (laughs) it's like yeah (laughs) I had to find the right clients that will pay me enough to like support me not like losing my house yeah (laughs) that's the hard part (laughs) I have a couple of clients that are covering my living expenses so that I can have the time freedom to sleep in like this is the first thing I'm doing today we started at 11 30 a.m yeah same same yeah (laughs) sleep in you know um yeah and then like after that, it's really just like anything that's in my calendar is like a thing I have to do. And then if I have space in between it, I figure out how to fill it in with something. So it's right, like yeah. I have my must do's, my appointments, my meetings, my podcasts, like the time sensitive stuff that I have committed to and I'm happy to do. Yep. But then beyond that, it's like, okay, I know I have X number of things I need to finish for these clients. Where do they fit in throughout my week? Great. So at this point, it's been like kind of an ongoing process of like, I just knew I wanted to have that. And it's kind of like you said, like people think they need to fit into this little box. Like I've always fought that. Like even in college, when I added my second degree, my, my advisors hated me. Like I would walk (laughs) into both advisors offices, lay down both of my syllabi and be like, I'm taking these classes and these classes and I'm graduating on time. Okay. Thanks. Bye. And they would be like, I guess. And be like, how do I figure this out? <laughs> so it's like, you know, like, cause advisors, like they're like, people think they have to just pick one track because mm-hmm. there's people like advisors, like your parents, like your school counselors growing up, like your teachers, everyone is telling you, you have to focus. And it's like, actually, no, you can also walk into that meeting and be like, I'm doing both. Yeah. And they can't mm-hmm. stop you. <laughs> like if you yeah. can figure out how to do both, you can do it. So I, I guess it's a long rant to say, like, I just knew I needed to make those changes and I just looked for solutions that still fit with my desires to make it happen. But it was a years long process. Like mm-hmm. if I were to tell myself when I was graduating college that this is my schedule now, I would have been like, I made it. Like I fucking made yeah. it. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'm not anywhere near what where I would like to be in my performing and comedy career, but I already feel like I've made it in a certain sense because at least I've structured my life to reflect how I want it to continue growing. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, it's just a testament to like the years with that too. It's like when you're talking about having enough clients to be like, okay, this covers this. And you know, I know we talked about whether it was on my I podcast drive or Lyft before. Sometimes like if yeah. I lose a client, I sign back on to Lyft. Like I, you yeah. know, or I'll pick up a new, tra- like I do have pers- like private training clients sometimes yeah. still, even if they just mm-hmm. want me to send them workouts. Like yeah. I just picked one up this week, That's you know, so. exactly what I'm doing, but with DoorDash and like, I still have fitness clients on the side. Like it's like this array of things. And like, but you, you've also so put that crazy time, parallel. Yeah, you put like this time into to comedy too though or like we talked about I mean you do enough gigs even to where like that covers some of your bills like even with yeah. consistent things so like you've like built up these things and I think like that's such a parallel even with health and fitness as far as just like it takes time like you didn't just like start this and then overnight you were like oh now I pay my bills by working whenever I want and doing yeah like, you know, it was this process um, right. as far as you're like you mentioned like having these gaps in your schedule that you like kind of fill in um, is that kind of how you structure then being able to prioritize like when you have your active time, like, or what does that kind of scheduling look like for you? Are you somebody who kind of just has learned to be like more flexible with that? Do you have like a rigid kind of routine when it comes to your health and fitness? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I'm very flexible with my fitness routine. I definitely like will go crazy if I go like more than a week without going to the gym. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like I try to pick at least at least two solid, like I'm focused and working out days. Mm-hmm. Um, those just change. Like it's not like Monday, Wednesday, Friday are my workout days. It's like, okay, what shows do I have this week? Where are they? How can yes. I like fit the gym in? But it's like again, I, if, if the gym is in my calendar, that is a doctor's appointment. Like I'm not missing it. It's a non-negotiable. <laughs> I'm drop. sure you guys say that a million times. That's always yes. what I say to my clients is like, you're losing your money on this doctor's appointment. If you don't go to the gym, like just think mm-hmm. of it that way. Um, 
because kind of you are you probably are actually losing money on doctor's appointments later down the line if you don't go to the gym so but, seriously um, I I wanna like double click on what you said there for a second about <laughs> you know Kylie loves it and I say that um just about the fact that it can be flexible I think that people get so stuck in the fact that okay these are my workout days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if I Uh don't get one of them, then, oh my gosh, I have failed for the week. Then I can't move it. And understanding, this is what I tell my clients all the time. Look at your week ahead. What do you have? Some days are going to look different than others, right? There are going to be things that pop up some days that maybe you didn't have last week. Like for me, my workout days, the days that I work out change for me every single week. I don't have a set Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and that is okay. I think that there's such a, like an air, of it has to be perfect. It has to be this rigid thing for you to be consistent with it. And it doesn't, you just have to, like Allison said, put it in your schedule and literally treat it like a doctor's appointment. Like if that, if that's in your schedule, you show up for that. You don't say, Oh, I'm going to try to do it. No, that is something that's scheduled and you do it. So if you say I'm trying to do it, you're not going to do it. It it means you're literally in the process of trying, like not to get a little woo woo, but like if you have attraction or manifestation at all, Mm -hmm. if you keep saying I want to, or I'm trying to, it's keeping you stuck in the wanting or the trying like mentally yeah. that's true also yeah um, yeah and so it's like if you say I am going to the gym then it, it's way more likely to happen and yeah. Um, yeah I think honestly like one of the best things that happened to me was quitting training people all the time because most of your clients yeah. think that way like it just and also like I think a lot of my like later weight loss and like how my body has kind of just balanced out at the size that it's at now over the last couple of years is because I let go of the rigidity like I mentioned that I had PCOS and like at that Mm -hmm. time I was doing CrossFit style workouts that I was programming for myself like three to five times a week yeah I was eating pretty low carb like not quite keto but close you know I'm like doing Mm -hmm. all of these things that were so strict and like in some ways I felt really good but then my doctor was like, hey, your cortisol is fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. literally are not allowed to work out for two months. So like, I I like, not, I mean, this might be weird to talk about, but like, I, I didn't have a period for two years. That's how bad oh, my PCOS was. Not and weird. Like, Trust me. I've been We there. have like 17 period episodes here. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah. But yep. like for women, it's so important. And like, mm-hmm. that's another thing with the fitness industry is like, it was built and structured and studied on men first. And like, that's mm-hmm. fine. But like women especially trying to stick to this rigid workout routine like if like I'm on my period right now I'm not going to the gym like Mm -hmm. I'm waiting until I'm done with this and then I know I'm gonna have a ton of energy in a couple of days Mm -hmm. but it's like women are on this like month-long cycle and if you tell yourself I have to go hard Monday Wednesday Friday no matter what you are at high risk of burning out your adrenals fucking Mm -hmm. up your cortisol and probably more risk for injury because you're like your body is not in the right place yeah And that applies to anyone. It's like, if you wake up and you had three hours of sleep and you feel like shit and you need three cups of coffee to get out of bed and then you're like, oh, it's my time for my 6 a.m. workout before I go work for 12 hours. It's like, that's so bad for you. Yeah. (laughs) It's actually bad for you. Like working out is good for you because it is intentional stress for a short period of time. And the benefit comes from the recovery afterwards, which is getting Mm -hmm. us back to the original point. Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) if you're, if you are already completely stressed in every other area of your life, and then also adding heavy workouts to it, you are destroying your body. Like you are not allowing for the strength to be built and people just don't like it's, that's one of my big soapboxes about health is like all stress is perceived by the body the same. Yeah. Yep. Your yep. body does not know if you're trying to lose fat. It doesn't know if you're running from a tiger. It does not know. And I think I'm so glad that you brought that up and I didn't realize, Allison, that you did were diagnosed with PCOS. And I work with, I would say, honestly, probably at least, yeah. yeah, like 40% of my clientele are PCOS clients, right? And this is these are conversations that I have with them so, yeah. so, so much. And, you know, I'm curious for you, it sounds like yours is, was probably more of like an adrenal driven issue more than anything. And so, and I see that so much. But it's the thing like with the healthcare that I'm sure you've seen where they put me on birth control at 16 because I had acne, but I had also Uh never had a regular cycle. So they probably just covered up the PCOS for five years. Yeah. And then when I got off of it, Mm -hmm. the detox from all of that is what causes the 
Yes. It's so bad. Absolutely. And you were never able to actually get to the root cause of why you weren't having a period in the first place. Right. And so, yeah, I think that that's just, that's so huge. And just understanding, like you said, like the flexibility that you are allowed to have in this. And I think it's also funny. I saw a post yesterday that was like, um, I follow this one dietitian. She's the hormone dietitian on Instagram. And it was like, my Roman empire is the fact that the two things that we need in our life are rest and food. And the two things that women refuse to do are eat enough and sleep enough. And they wonder why they feel like shit. Like hundred percent. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like for sure. Then the number one non-negotiable is sleep for me. Like I have to be able to get enough sleep. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We, we have talked about this extensively on here too especially because like for me, I've had such like, a, you know, and our podcast listeners know this, like they, they followed me. We started this podcast when I, I guess I was in my last prep, right. When we started oh, wow. this, my, was yeah. that when we started this? Yeah. February, so been, February, 2021. Yeah. So yeah. I was, I was like into my, the last time I prepped. And so they've like followed this journey of me, like going through this huge, like transition and this like identity crisis that I basically had with that. It's wild. And like, and like to be here and like, just like, I had such an issue with like having to go from my routine like where I knew rest and all those things were important, but my whole routine was structured around that workout schedule. So it was right. like, oh, these are my rest days. And it was like structured instead of like having just the issue of like, oh, like I can't fit this or I'm exhausted. And then like, I had so much trouble like moving here and like changing kind of my life path and realizing that like, that's just not what it was going to look like anymore. And right. kind of having to come to terms with like, I was trying to do that. Like I was being like, okay, these are going to be my workout days still, because like, I need to have some kind of like schedule to keep me on track. And it was just like, I was getting so frustrated with myself because I would just be waking up. Like I said, once, especially once I started doing comedy and being like, okay, I slept four hours and I know I've done this as a career for long enough to know that it makes no sense for me to go to the gym right now. But then just being like, even with knowing all that, I would still be just like guilt ridden about it and being like, you know, this doesn't line up or like, I'm not doing these things. Right. And then like getting around to realizing like, okay, if you just sleep in longer and then go take like a fucking walk later, you're probably going to be like fine. That's what I was going to say is walking is like the biggest hack for me. There's actually Mm -hmm. a desk back here behind me. Like if I'm, you know, if I'm just taking a meeting or I'm doing some fairly mundane work, I'm probably on the Mm -hmm. treadmill desk. Like, yeah, Yeah. I'm sure you you talk to your clients. Like when I was banned from working out, when I first started trying to fix my PCOS, like (laughs) the only thing I was allowed to do was go for walks outside. And so, Mm -hmm. and I, fucking hated it before then. Like I hated working. Like I hated just going on walks. Like, where am I going? What's the point of this coffee shop to go to at least? (laughs) You know what I mean? But like, if you're thinking that way on your walk, you need it the most. And I hated it when people (laughs) said that to me too, but it's true. Now I love a walk. I, now I love it. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you're asking me about these workout programs. You're asking me about like squats and all this crazy stuff. Like, when was how many steps are you going to walk? Yeah. <laughs> how much water did you drink today? Like yeah. literally those are the first two things I start off with now because they are truly that important. <laughs> yeah. It's That's so exactly true. true. And, and I, I was just allow myself to say, like, if I went on a walk today, I don't have to work out. Like, especially if I hit 10,000 steps, like that's the one little marker I'll still give myself is like, I want to hit around 10 K steps a day, either working out or going on a walk or on mm-hmm. my desk or something. But it's like, last yeah. night I went out to put posters up for my show and that was my walk. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I let that kind of get to me as well with like over the last few months, you know, we've been talking on here that I've like definitely found my stuff, like just sliding more than it usually is and um, falling victim to like, you know, I, I definitely under eat via comedy too. when I'm like sleeping until 12 o'clock sometimes. And then I'm mm-hmm. going back out to do stuff at five. I'm basically unintentionally intermittent fasting. And then I feel like shit, like, cause that does yeah. not work well for me. Um, and it works I, well for me certain points of the month, but I'm Ooh. so glad you said that yeah. because I never was an under eater before I started comedy. And now Same. I eat all the time. Like yeah. I have and, to really try. And, and then I'm getting all these headaches and I'm like, why? And then I'm like, Oh, it's 1 PM. And I haven't eaten since six yesterday. Like no shit, Kylie. So yeah. I was like, I, but, but you know, instead of going like like a lot of people do is like me being like, okay, I need to like refocus on my health. Right. And like, that'll look like them putting together all these crazy steps, like you mentioned. And for me, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so for November, what I'm going to do is remove alcohol, make sure I'm drinking enough water. I'm going to eat three times a day and I'm going to take a walk every day. That's like it. Those are my things. 
and like, like a lot of people would hear that and be like that's not a plan and it's like, like no that's actually such a good plan yeah <laughs> and those if are you're the not doing that, it's gonna be hard if you yes. if you're not doing that already like watch yourself do that and see how much one you probably struggle to even do that if you're not and then yeah. once you are see how much that helps you like I was thinking back to like this time last year I feel like this time of the year is always when I start being like hmm and I think it's because I always like go pretty hard like for like my birthday and Halloween like all those things in a row so I feel like I get to November and I'm like oh I feel terrible yeah <laughs> and like people other people I feel like have it over the holidays and mine is like before the holidays I'm always like being healthy during the holidays but <laughs> I'm like I get here and like last year and I was like oh wow I feel like my like body composition was different and my energy was different and like granted I wasn't like into comedy yet but I was like what was I doing differently and like I can always see my little story memories and I was like I was just fucking walking like I was like yeah. I would go to Ladybird Lake like twice a day for like 45 minutes and just walk and I was like that's all I was doing I wasn't even I wasn't tracking macros I was just walking and like well, hydrating <laughs> and people are so obsessed with like the calories in calories out thing but it's like let's be honest walking and running a mile burns about the same amount of calories it's the distance traveled not the effort put in like the reason why like running burns more calories is because you can go further in less time and then there's a slight afterburn effect but in terms of like what you're burning during the workout it's not that different and actually walking doesn't spike your hunger like yeah yeah and you're not yeah. putting as much stress on your fat body loss yeah. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, all those things, it's kind of the best yeah. thing. And you're getting outside, getting vitamin D, which I'm sure is helping your hormones and all those things. So it's like, right. I think, yeah, I, I think it's so important too. It's like, and again, people look at it as this like simple little thing, like, oh, this isn't going to do that much for me, but it can do so much. And of course, every single person is different, right? Like I yeah. have a lot of my, you know, PCOS clients focusing on strength training and, and whatnot. And those are clients that also do need to really improve like insulin sensitivity. Maybe we do need to get right. some body fat off all of that kind of stuff. So every situation is different, but again, like going back to the notion of a lot of times your body does not need more exercise and more cardio and less food, right? It needs right. quite the opposite. So it means, yeah. Like, and it's, and it's funny, like this just popped into my head thinking of it this way, the first time but like everyone complains about how hard it is to get in shape and it's like no you're making it hard like mm-hmm. we are literally telling you like you're not gonna believe us but we are literally telling you double your water intake for 30 days if you're not drinking that much you know put it put it to a healthy amount of water intake and go on a walk for 30 days just change mm-hmm. those two things for one month and see what happens because I can guarantee you you will be happier you will be sleeping better you'll probably lose some fat like mm-hmm. you're probably like you'll probably clear out your liver a little bit with all that water you know what I mean like it's just we have it yeah. in our head that it's like this super hard thing and like I think social media didn't help I mean for mm-hmm. sure my disordered eating habits were influenced by bodybuilding culture on Instagram like 100 percent because in 2013, 2014, 2015, oh, yeah. times of Instagram, those were tied in directly with like anorexia promoting hashtags and stuff like that. Like it was yeah. so easy to get onto like anorexia Instagram, which people don't even believe me existed. Hashtag oh, Anna yeah. was just girls encouraging each other not to eat. Like uh-huh. it was a subculture. I was just Instagram. talking to somebody about this this week, yes, actually. It was a huge thing and only like certain people know about it, but I fell into that for sure. And then like, I was trying to like, get myself into the bodybuilding world but you look at bodybuilding it's not a healthy sport either like and I think that's why like I'm not anti-bodybuilding but it's Mm -hmm. so hard for you to go from bodybuilding to then just trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle because Mm -hmm. maintaining a healthy lifestyle with longevity as the goal is completely different than preparing for a bodybuilding competition yeah yes bodybuilding is a sport for a specific day and they only look like that on that day yep yeah like any other sport it's also different than being at your leanest all the time. I, I think that that's something yes. that so many people need to realize is like having a sustainable lifestyle means that like, even if you go through a fat loss phase or whatever it may be, you are probably not going to maintain that lowest weight of your fat loss phase. And that is okay. You should not have to do that. You should not need to do that, right? Like your right. body is going to naturally settle a little bit above that. And that is totally fine, right? Because if you were eating 1400 calories at the end of a fat loss phase, you don't want to be doing that for the rest of your no. life, right? You got to get back up to that maintenance level 2000 above, right? Right. And also if you're like, like you said, I'm very pro strength training too. I'm not, I'm definitely not anti-strength training. We were for just sure. talking about baseline, but like, I definitely think people need to be doing resistance or weight, like resistance training or weightlifting a few times a week. Like anyone should be doing that, hmm. but it's like, when you go from that fat loss phase to then increasing your calories again, like you're probably working out. You've probably been wanting to build some muscle along with that. Yeah. 
And Mm -hmm. yeah, you might like see a shift in, in your body composition, like a little bit, but it actually resettles really well a few weeks and months into it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, let's say you get your lowest, like you get to 120 or something like that. And then maybe you bounce back up to 130 and it looks kind of weird at first, but if you stick to that workout program, it's actually going to reshuffle into your muscles as crazy as it sounds. Like it's called body recomposition. Like literally just like it, 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 if you're active and eating healthy and you gain a little bit of weight, it, it you wear it better and it goes to the places you want it to go. It's building yes. the muscle, no longer the fat. And so it's like, I'm not upset when I see the scale anymore because it's like, I can see that it's going to muscles. It's not making me fat. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up too, because even for me, like, so you, it's funny you said about like TMI periods. Yes. I've been through a whole three year post-birth control journey where I lost my period, got it back, lost it again. Whenever I lost the body fat, I gained post-birth control. It's been a whole thing. And now I am just working on it coming back again. But I ended a fat loss phase back in March around like 123-ish. And now I'm sitting around like 129, 130. And normally for me, I'm pretty short, like five foot. So like I normally like being around like 125, but even with where I'm at right now, because again, I know that having a little bit more body fat on me is important for me to get this period back as well. And even with where I'm at right now, it's like, I look so insanely different at 129 now than I did at 129 two years ago or even oh, yeah. a year ago. You I'm know? so glad you said that too. Like I literally just was looking at old pictures of me and I'm about the same weight, but I look so much fitter now. Like I have people coming up to me being like, how did you get so jacked recently? And I'm like, I literally didn't change anything. I've just been staying on my stress management. And like, mm-hmm. I think the last couple of years for me too, Kylie and I talked about it on her podcast. I broke up with my fiance a year and a half ago. So it's like, you know, like, you, and I, you lost 200 crazy. pounds there. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, but like, I, <laughs> I, I knew something was wrong in that relationship because I got too skinny. I couldn't hold food down. Like I literally yeah. was not computing that I wasn't holding food down and I was unable to eat because I was stressed in that situation. Mm-hmm. And after that whole debacle, like I literally got a tattoo that means follow your gut And like recently I I noticed I wasn't eating again and I had to be like, what am I doing? That's making me so stressed. I can't Mm -hmm. eat. And I had to address those things. Guess what? I'm eating again. And I can already see like my muscles swelling back up. And it's like, yeah, all of those things matter. Like the way you feel matters and you need to address like the mental things that are causing you to behave in physical ways, you know? Yeah. 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 I think that that's so huge too, that you touch on, you know, what's, what's causing me to be so stressed that I'm not eating because that is a really big response. A lot of times people are either tipping it one way or the other, either they're using food as an emotional coping mechanism, or they are using food as, or they're like not eating and they don't have an appetite. So I'm curious to know for you in those times where you are stressed or even like, like you said too, until you started comedy, you never used to be an under eater. Right. And now sometimes it feels hard to get in enough food. So I'm curious to know, like with like your days where you have like certain things set in stone and you do have more crazy days or a crazy schedule, like how do you ensure that you're getting enough food in and what are your kind of like basic nutrition habits that you're like, I know that I need to prioritize these to feel my best. Yeah. So on a very practical level on the days where I have a little more time, like if, like, um, like if I have time tonight, I won't, but if I have time tonight to cook dinner, I'll make like a huge pot of it. So it's going to definitely be a few meals. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have necessarily like the set meal prep day anymore, but if I look at my Mm -hmm. week and I know like I have Thursday afternoon open, I'm like, okay, I have to cook something then. Um, and at this point it's like, I'm not one of those people that gets super bored. Like I have my like rotation of stuff that I'll make, like, you know, so it's like, I, I have a shit ton of recipes. Like I have them on my website and I can go in there for inspiration if I want something new, but like, I pretty much know what my staples are going to be. So it's like, I have to have like X, Y, Z veggies in the house. I have to have some rice made. I have to have some protein available. Um, but yeah, my baseline nutrition stuff is like, I, if I'm eating a meal, like it definitely needs to be well-rounded. Like mm-hmm. I need a healthy portion of protein. I need a healthy portion of fat and I need carbs. Like mm-hmm. I was so scared of carbs for so long, but adding more carbs to my diet also aided with the fat loss. Like, yep. mm-hmm. and, and stress. And yep. it's yes. And it's so important for women to hear that again, because the keto craze was run by men. 
And I felt great when I tried it at first, but it's, it's not sustainable for women's hormones long-term. It's a very good cyclical thing. If, if it makes you feel good once in a while, but you cannot be scared of carbs as a woman, especially a woman who is working full-time, who is active, even moms. Like if you're a woman who basically is doing anything other than just chilling most of the day, <laughs> carbs, like it, it's, mm-hmm. it's the fuel for your body and your brain and all those things. And people will say fats, your brain fuel. Yes, but you need carbs too. Sorry. Yeah. Like, you absolutely yeah, do. You need a minimum of 130 grams for that. Like- for that brain to work, right? Like yep. it's like the brain is 20% of your total calories burned throughout the day for one organ, one fifth of all the calories you consume. That's why if you're so sitting crazy. down and like writing for a long period of time, and then you go, why the fuck am I hungry? I've been sitting here. It's because your brain is working. You need that. <laughs> like, yeah. Why you get brain fog when you don't eat enough. So yeah. the headaches yep. you mentioned. Um, yeah. So yeah, so the mm-hmm. prior- priorities for me are just like, yeah, making sure I have like, there's always eggs in the house. Like I have these little meat patty things that I'll make so I can like mm-hmm. grab and go sounds silly, but like the snacks that I buy also reflect that. Like I always have protein bars. I love like, I love quest chips. Protein <laughs> chips we love a good quest I mean? chip. Like, yeah. I love, yeah. I love me some quest. I'm so glad they're getting rid of sucralose in their shit. That's great. Um, <laughs> That's I amazing. didn't know that. They had I didn't sucralose know that in a lot of their protein bars. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know they were losing it though. Um, well, I'm noticing certain flavors don't have it anymore. So I'm hoping that they maybe like get wow. it to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I have like those basic things. And also if I'm out, like I know Kylie, you mentioned maybe like, I'm not good about eating before a show. It, like I don't mm-hmm. want to eat. Yeah. I don't show, like to. So it's like, I've kind of just accepted that I'm probably going to eat a late night meal, which is fine. That's just mm-hmm. my schedule right now. Mm-hmm. But I have like my spots downtown where I know like I can go like there's yeah. my shawarma guys, like shawarma yep. relatively healthy. It's meat, yep. rice and veggies. Like last night I did kava. Yeah, like, yep. I can get like a whole food uh, like, yeah. And those places are actually open too, right? Yeah. So it's like I know there's like a Thai food place that's open until three. Like if I go get a burger, I can just get it on a lettuce fry. I can't eat gluten. So it's like that yep. makes it easier too. So it's like if you can't eat something, like it makes it easier to find the yeah. places where you can eat and they tend to be healthier. But um yeah, yeah the gluten thing was huge for my PCOS too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like once I figured out that that was a sensitivity and it was like causing all this inflammation in me, that that totally fixed a lot of stuff too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I've, I've just figured out like, okay, these are my safe spaces to go get a healthy meal at any time of the day. If I don't mm-hmm. have something in the house, but I, I just try to have like easy stuff. Like we always have like gluten-free or sourdough bread in the house, eggs, avocados, just shit like that, that I can throw something together in like 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's so helpful to like, cause like I said, the parallel here is like, like how many clients have, I mean, I don't know if you've worked with people like this when you were like, you know, just training anybody, but I know Kara and I both, like I used to work with like night shift nurses and like yep. things like yes. that. And like I their schedule night is, shift nurse. <laughs> and, and it's so hard for them because there are some battles. Like, it's like what we talk about this. There's some battles that like, you just can't not fight like, or like that you just have to fight. Right. Like it's like for me, even if, you know, either of us, even if I'm getting eight hours of sleep, if that eight hours is from three to 11, that still is just not going to nourish my body the same as it being like with the cycle of the sun. Right. Like I just have to accept that. Like the the women who are working like overnights, like even if they're getting their sleep, it is still going to be fucked to some degree, but like, what's the, what can you handle that is in your control? Like, obviously you can't, like, we can't just ask all of them like, Hey, you're gonna have to get off nights. Like, right. This just doesn't work that way. And so they would struggle though. Cause they're like in these places where, you know, I found most of my nurse clients were like, under eating majorly because they would they would work all night and they, they were they just grabbing all breaks. the unhealthy no and, and yeah. if they do they're running through the the stuff the, the room to like grab the the donuts the cookies that's all that's on the table in their break room that yeah. so they're just getting sugar crashes and like spiking all that and then they're coming home and they're just sleeping up until they basically get up shower and like go again or some of these mm-hmm. people like come home and they like then they take care of their kids and then go back like you know what i mean yeah. so it's like that is so stressful but like remembering that it's just like okay, well, whenever you have that, that day that you get off, I know that you want to rest and do things for yourself. But if you could take, like you said, just an hour, it doesn't have to be a whole day of meal prep, like, and just make that one meal you make last five. And if you, like, if you're already not eating anything, that thing being in the Tupperware, like to eat before your shift and then having those grab and goes like protein bars are like, Hey, be the person that throws the stack of bananas in the break room. Yeah. It's like, 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 you can buy an 18 pack of eggs and you've got three eggs a day for six days. If you hard boil them, like hard boiling eggs is such a hack. Like I know not everyone likes it, but it's such a good hack for really high Mm -hmm. quality, full nutrition protein. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The the yolk is very good for your brain. Stop being Mm -hmm. scared 
scared mm-hmm. of the cholesterol. Like, you actually really need all of the nutrients in the egg yolk. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I fuck with the yolk so hard. I fuck with the yolk. And we're going to talk about this too, because we're about to do a whole cholesterol podcast. But oh, yeah, only, only We've been about 20, to do this podcast for 25% a month. <laughs> of, your, of your cholesterol in your body comes from your diet. From diet. Like understand yes. that the other 75% comes from the liver. So whenever people are arguing with you that you have to cut out cholesterol or all animal products or eggs or whatever it may be, understand that your dietary cholesterol intake is actually not impacting your blood levels the way that you think it is. And does. your body filters out the excess if it yep. comes from dietary. Like literally mm-hmm. your liver is controlling your cholesterol levels. If you have bad cholesterol, it is a sim- it was a signal either of a genetic disorder or, or your liver function. else is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, something also, else is wrong, probably liver function. But people, it's like the, the cholesterol is the warning flag, not the cause of the problems. Yes. We always talk about too, like people who you'll hear, like, I, I'm sorry, but the people who you're always here that are like, oh my God, I have bad cholesterol or like my, you know, levels are like this. I should cut out eggs. Are the people who like, that's their first thing is like, oh, I can't eat eggs because of that. And they're like going to McDonald's three times Literally. a week. And I'm like, yes. It's always yeah. like that. And I'm like, it's not the fucking egg. No. <laughs> and I'm like, there's a big difference between or- eating saturated fat from a donut that's highly processed mm-hmm. versus saturated fat from lean grass-fed beef or from Dude, an egg, right? Y'all die at this. I Okay. The one thing that I cause controversy about online all the time is hunting. Cause I, I said that I go hunting and I, it just, People love to be mad about that. And <laughs> I like, I someone posted a clip of me just, I didn't even like, I literally offhandedly said I went hunting the previous weekend. Da, 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 da. That's the only thing I said in this whole podcast clip. Someone commented on this podcast clip saying, wow, you have so many McDonald's in America and you still decided to go shoot your own meat. Oh my God. And what? I was like, is this the logic that we're following right now? That's so weird. Like, why? Like, how people think they're like, it's so much worse that you decided to go kill a deer to eat it because we already have all these other options. But it's like, no, I'm killing a deer so that I don't have to go pay McDonald's for their shitty fake meat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the way that we think about our food is just so insane all around. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no logic behind it. It is. It's very, it's a very emotional thing for people. Um, mm-hmm. And I also do think the dietary guidelines in the U.S. are kind of the opposite of what we should be listening to oh most my God. of the time. Like, don't even get me started with it. Especially being a dietitian, <laughs> like the the way that. It is very frustrating because, you know, I am somebody who it's like, yeah, I have six years of schooling under my belt as a registered dietitian. And I can tell you that most of what I have learned has been through my own research and yeah. functional health mentorships and my own education. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the, there are so many things that are so outdated in the well, way. That's why there's so many like things. clinical RDs that you disagree with. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah like, I almost went the RD route when I was in school. And one mm-hmm. of my mentors literally was like, don't do that. You'll have to deal with boards. He was like, <laughs> he, was, he was an alternate. He was like an alternative. He was like, he, an and when I tell you the, he was the like, RD boards are crazy, that. The, yeah, nothing on the RD boards. You don't use like 95% of it. It's wild. It's wild. But he was I mean, just you're... like, but also having to deal with those regulations of like what you can and can't say in your practice and stuff. He was like, mm. he goes, I, and this guy was a practitioner. He was like, I wish I didn't have this degree so I could say whatever the fuck I want. Like <laughs> yeah. straight up. You do. You have to, obviously like you have to follow code of ethics. You have to, you know, but there's also a lot of gray area in the online space because there's yeah. a big difference between performing medical nutrition therapy versus just giving nutrition education That's so there's fair. so much gray area Tara's like I found the loophole and I'd be I'm sure yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there's I yeah been, I would have been done that too you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just <laughs> yeah. wild but I mean I agree with you so much on all of this and you know going back to just kind of like your your um routine and how you go about like making sure that you're prioritizing nutrition like I just think this conversation is so important because again, you hear like every single thing that you have talked about in terms of the making it to the gym, the nutrition, all that kind of stuff, you're working out your schedule, your planning. And this is where so many people fall through. And they're like, they're getting so mad that they're not making progress or they're not meeting their goals or whatever. Maybe did you plan to do that? Because if you didn't, then you're not going to, right? That is just, it goes back to trying and not actually doing. That's such a good point. Like there, I do, it's like so frustrating to see these people like 
so close to like mm-hmm. achieving the things that they want, but it's like, you're right. It's, it's scary to plan because what if I fail? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's scary to plan because fail what to if plan, I fail? You plan to fail. Or what mm-hmm. if it doesn't, yeah. Or what if it doesn't turn out the way I want? And like, you know, I, I wanted to say too, like, I understand I am a single female with no kids. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so our lives are a lot different than some of the women out here that we work with too. And like, I also feel like I was lucky to just think like, this is what I want. I'm going to go for it. But that's so scary. And like, mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest lessons I've also learned is like, nothing is guaranteed. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I'll be straight up with you guys. Like about a year ago, this time last year, I lost like three marketing clients within a 24 mm-hmm. hour period, no warning, which was mm-hmm. my main, it yeah. was well, this is just what happened to me this summer because yeah. of the recession. Yeah. Well, the, like mm-hmm. all of them were scared of recession. And so they yep. cut their contractors. Yep. And so I literally, and it was so crazy. Like I had, I was like so confused about what I wanted to be doing. I just felt very overwhelmed with my workload and comedy. And I had sat down and I was like, God, just make it clear what I should do. And literally mm-hmm. like, I got the texts within like 24 hours after that. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm leaning into comedy now. Like, and it's one of those things where it's like, this was so <laughs> unexpected like and scary. Yeah. And I, my first instinct was like, I have to go get more clients. How am I going to pay my bills? And then I was like, wait a second, I want to do comedy more. Like, mm-hmm. why would I go back? And so it's like, I think one of the things I'm trying to say is like, if you have something that feels so devastating like that to you, it's like, yeah, this sucks right now, but like, how can I take this and make it the best case scenario possible? Like I'm going to have to continue moving forward regardless of whether I like this situation or not. So like, right. I kind of was just gifted the freedom to do whatever I wanted after that. And so instead of hustling to get new clients, I just signed on to Lyft, yeah. paid the bills that I needed to with it for a few months. But honestly, that's what made me put like comedy on my budget spreadsheet is like, I, I literally hustled so hard that I was started paying my bills with some of my bills with comedy. And I was like, oh, I don't even need to drive Lyft as much as I thought I needed to. And now mm-hmm. comedy is like income that I'm depending on. And, and that shift happened because I didn't just go right back to the old thing I was doing. I think like it's really good for us or really easy for us to just go back to the old thing because we know it's safe and we're used to it. And like, I can definitely get this client for this thing. But it's like, if you have another goal in mind and you're given an opportunity, opportunity like that it's fucking scary but what's the worst that's gonna happen you already lost your stuff you know what I mean (laughs) just like I feel I feel like you know how they talk about like we exist in like like there's all these like theorists of like there's different timelines that we exist that we exist in I feel like there's a glitch and Allie and I just ended up in the same timeline but we're the same (laughs) Same. because it's creepy the parallel no it's like exactly what happened to me this summer with like you know I've I've been struggling for the last like four months and I've been open about that on the podcast because I just like out of no like in one month literally like I think three or four of my marketing clients that are doing all the same stuff you were doing they all just left because all their businesses were struggling they're like we got to cut my contractors it was the exact same thing and I was like, I'm fucked. And like Tara and our other friend Sarah were just like, you really want to do comedy. It's probably just for that. And I'm like, yeah, but I also have to have a home. I also <laughs> need to like, not be homeless. <laughs> yeah, like, so, like, so what do I do? Like, male privilege in comedy is their ability to be homeless. Okay. Yeah. They're there homeless are so, so much many easier than us. Men. They are. <laughs> literally women comics can't be homeless no I already did that for three months this year technically shout (laughs) out to Caleb shout out Caleb um but yeah Allie Allie did the podcast at Caleb at Caleb's (laughs) oh my god yeah 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 but we so like I I just think that it's one of those interesting things because it is true it's like one of those things you have to like be careful what you wish for right so I was like I was like I wish I just like could do this and it's like you know I was so upset because I was interviewing for that corporate job and like trying to get this job and then like you know, realistically the workload of that, even though like the nine to five would have been like perfect for comedy, it actually wouldn't have been because I cannot get up at eight o'clock right now to save my fucking life. And so like, it's just like, I wouldn't have been as good. And like right now, so it's like, I, you know, I did the same thing. I started door dashing. I'm trying to figure that out. Like I'm nowhere near making like the money from comedy, but it's like, I'm never going to get to where I can make money from comedy if I don't have time to put into comedy. Right. So I was kind of like, you know, obviously I'm not making uh, that money yet, but I'm not going to be able to do that if I don't have more time to set aside to do that and that was like a hard thing to balance but it's like Ali said it's like okay I can pick up DoorDash and like sure now I'm bartending and it's like does that cut into nights yes but I found a job that's like willing to give me 
like weekends still where I'm not like, so, okay, I have to sacrifice getting shows on like a Thursday, you know, it is what it is. At least I can do Fridays and Saturdays, like, and figuring that out and like, kind of just letting go of this pressure of like, oh, well, I should be having these marketing clients. It would be better money. Like true. But also I was really struggling to get that work done during the day with the load I had to have to pay my bills and then, Mm -hmm. you know, go out at night and be up in the day. So I think it just like kind of circles back to being able to like, really look at like, you know, again, I know like we have some privilege of being able to schedule that way. I don't have somebody else to like take care of and worry about, but you have to look at your own life and see what you can afford to change or not change and like structure, like, right. What that's going to look like for other women is going to be different, but you can still do that kind of like audit of your life. You know, like I had a conversation with, um, my roommate this morning who we've had on the podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. she's a fitness coach as well. And she was actually talking about this in terms of comedy and said it switched over to a health conversation too, because she dates a comedian and that he was talking about like shows. And she was asking him like how many shows he averages a month because he was talking about how yeah, he like, had like six spots in one night this weekend, but like last week did like one show. Right. And she was like, well, what does that usually look like? And he was like, oh, I don't know. And then like her, like all of his roommates were kind of talking about like, oh yeah, like I don't really keep track of that. And she was like, what you're not measuring, you can't manage. Yeah. And and he was like, they were like, well, what all do you track? And she was like showing them. She's like, well, here's my health data. Here's like where I do this. And like, here's like all her stuff. And they were just like, whoa. And they were like, she was like, it's, yeah, you guys, she's like, you guys don't track like how, like what shows you're doing. Like you don't even have it in a Google calendar. And all these men are don't. like, no. And I was like, it's just like Allie and I got told by this podcast that wanted to have us on. They're like, oh, you're the first people that have done our, po- wanted to do our podcast that actually put it in their calendar. And I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's actually like, it is worse than hurting cats to try and like manage comedians. <laughs> like as someone who produces a show, it's actually insane to me. Like people, I, I have messages right now of people asking me to do my show tonight. And I'm just like, I booked it last month. What are you talking about? No. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> it's, and it, it's so funny. I don't know what it is. Like the women in comedy. I always joke about this. I said this to Kylie. I'm like, women in comedy be having careers, dude. Like yeah, women in comedy, like the women that I meet in comedy are so different than a lot of the men. And this is not to shit talk men in general, but it's so no. interesting to see like the personality types that are attracted to comedy and the differences in that between the men and the women that I typically meet, because like mm-hmm. a lot of the men are like that. And like, that's, that is why they're funny. They're just loosey goosey. They're carefree. They're fun. They say whatever they want. It doesn't matter. And that's cool. But it's like, if you want to be successful in any career, you need to have some sort of organization. And that's kind of why I started out by saying like, if you have this long-term goal in your head, you need to start tweaking things in your life that are tweakable now to start now. achieving that. Because it's like, yes, when I got out of college, I was like, I don't fucking know what it's going to look like to be paid to perform. I didn't even know I wanted to do comedy at that time. I was an actress. Like mm-hmm. I was literally in a company called Shitface Shakespeare when I graduated and I was <laughs> performing Shakespeare and getting one person in the company drunk for each show. And like, it was, but so it was like funny. Comedic Shakespeare, yeah. but it's like, I didn't know that I wasn't going to be doing that by this point. Yeah. I didn't know that I wasn't going to be auditioning for movies at this point. Like I didn't know I was going to start comedy. I just knew I needed to continue performing. And I knew that Austin was the place for me to do it because all of my friends that were moving to LA were not getting work when I was getting work. And so I was like, okay, I'm making more here. I'm happier here. I'm going to stay here. I don't know why Austin feels so good, but I'm going to stay here. It just feels like a good career move for me. Yeah. And then COVID hit and now we're the comedy Mecca, apparently, you know what I mean? It just, it worked out. I got so like, I cannot emphasize enough how, how lucky I got with all of that, but like, yeah above everything else I just have this knowing like I want to be able to structure my days and I want I have to be able to perform yeah and, and you started making that, those like, shifts yeah I start making those tweaks and it's like I said it's been like almost a 10-year process at yeah. this point yes. of making yeah. tweaks and you it's can't ex- like yeah like you can't perfect. expect <clears throat> exactly exactly there's always going to be you're always still going to be adapting and pivoting right but like you can't expect to live a certain life in the future you can't expect to live some way or reach a health goal or whatever it may be without making some sort of change now to help propel you to get there like right. yeah. if you're staying in the exact sp- same place nothing's going to change. Yeah. You can ask anyone, what do you want? They'll say, I want to be rich. I want to have a lot of friends. I want to have a healthy family. I want to be healthy myself. And I want to have a balanced life. And you say, okay, everyone pretty much has those shared desires. But then you look at how that person schedules their day and you see what their actual priorities are. Yep. Most of the time, it's probably focused on the finances and the social stuff, which is great. Those things are very necessary and very important. But if you're saying I have these health goals, you know, I have these career change goals. I have these like 
timing of my day goals and you're literally doing nothing to help it, then like you don't actually have those goals. You have those desires. It's not a goal until you're actually making like a change to try and achieve it. That's kind of how mm-hmm. I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love but, that. Mic yeah. drop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's like at the end of the day, all of it, whether it's a health goal or a career goal or anything, it kind of circles back to just like intentionality and being organized. Like, yeah. and, you know, and we planning. just talked about like ladies, I know our, our fan base is primarily women. And it's mm-hmm. like, we just said, like, we have an innate, like, even if you're not a very organized person, like we joke about like, I'm less organized than Kara, but I'm still an organized person. Like, right. you know what I mean? It's like organized in different ways. Like most women, that's just like a little bit, it's in your nature somewhere. So like use that superpower to your advantage. Like I was laughing because we were talking about this whole thing in the span of like talking about comedy and like women and all this stuff. And I actually, I saw um, Chelsea Handler like a couple of years ago and her opener, like this, her opening comedian, this was literally like the shirt I'm wearing. It's like, let a woman lead you. that's amazing it's way funnier to me now understanding in comedy where she was probably coming from with it also but like it's like you have that that skill inside of you even if you're not like like you know even if you're a little bit more on the chaotic side like I am like you still have that ability to like prioritize and be intentional yeah be organized with your schedule and it actually like it seems scary to do that but it's actually the most empowering and freeing thing ever like if you are not actually trying to commit to things and put them in your calendar and plan ahead like you're definitely gonna fail like there's always a Mm -hmm. risk of failure but if you're not trying you're definitely gonna fail so like yeah Yeah. basically just sign sealed delivered that failure notice right there for yourself yeah you know? it's like literally what do you have to lose you're scared of losing something you don't even have yet so it's like yeah if you're not trying then you're guaranteed to not get it so yep. it's it is scary but yeah, yeah and like if you're a person like me or Kylie also who's like I'm crazy like you're probably <laughs> not like you're probably not that crazy, <laughs> like yeah. I have I always think that my show is going to be a complete failure and like I totally like fucked it up and no one's going to show up and like I can't do marketing and the comics are going to hate me and I'm going to lose money and then every single time I have comics coming up being like I can't believe you put on such a good show and it's like I'm not doing it for that but it's like okay yeah if you're trying and you're seeing the fruits of your results, you can like let yourself be happy and proud of that too. Especially yeah. if you're getting like confirmation from other people. Don't be that person who's like, oh no, 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 I'm bad. Like this is no, yep. you yep. did a good job. Like say thank you, be proud of your work, and then just keep pushing. If there was something you didn't like about it, fix it next time. Like that's really yeah. all you can do. Yeah. yeah. And that just confirms that you are on the right path and that you're doing the right thing for yourself. Right. So. Yeah. If you fuck it up and you're still like, I want to keep going, then clearly you have a higher purpose in that thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can for confirm sure. Allie, Allie runs a great show. What? <laughs> well, and speaking of Allie, first of all, thank you so much. This was like such an, yeah, such an incredible conversation. So insightful. So we have two important questions for you before we wrap up. Okay. So our first question, we ask all of our guests. What's your favorite carb source? Can be anything. Carb Sweet. source. Oh my yep. gosh. Sweet, nutrient dense, whatever it is. This is going to be so specific. We love, uh, it. love it. Pastones. It's the fried smash plantains. Oh, um, so called, good. Um, whatever are they calling them in Costa Rica? Uh, patacones is also what they call them. But it's literally like it's, I make them at home, but you literally slice up a, a green plantain. You fry it once. I fry it in coconut oil. Fry it once on the stove, both sides. You take it out. You smash it with a jar and refry it and just add a bunch of salt. Oh my God. And it's like, I will literally make you guys some sometime, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, please, please so do. popular <laughs> in the Caribbean, so popular in Central America. I fucking love them. I literally have like four th- like plantains sitting in my fruit basket. That's right amazing. Now. Love that's that. Great. Hey, yeah. we've never, never had, had that any- one. Yeah. Nope. That's a new one. So definitely yeah, gonna yeah. have to try that for sure. Yeah. I'll send and- you guys my recipe. Yes. Please, <laughs> please send do. the recipe, please. And our second question is just shameless plug time. So where can our audience find you? What do you have going on for anyone who's in Austin? Go check out a show. So yeah, just shameless plug. Hell yeah. Shameless plug. I'm at Allie Woe on most of the things. A-L-L-I-W-O. Um, that's my Instagram, my Facebook, I think, prop Twitter, something like that. It, my OnlyFans. Don't really post on there anymore, but I had a, I had a comedy special produced on OnlyFans. So y'all aren't going to find feet on there. It's just comedy, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, that's my OnlyFans. And then, yeah, my show is called Liddy Titty Tuesdays. I do it twice a month at the Creek in the Cave, Tuesdays at eight. Um, it's second and fourth Tuesdays. So today's 
the second Tuesday of November. So I have one tonight. Um, Amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's a gong show. I uh, I try to bring a fun like guest co-host. Like tonight, I have Rachel Wolfson from Jackass joining. Um, so, awesome. uh, she's hopping on and then we just, we book a bunch of comedians that want to go up against the gong. They get to do stand up, and if they're good, then it's a stand up show. And if they're bad, the audience can turn on lights. And if enough of them go off, we hit the gong and your set's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much it. Um, it's a fun time. Oh, amazing. Well, <laughs> Allie, thank you so much for being here. And you guys, we will link all of her stuff in the show notes. So go give her a shout out, give her a follow. And you know, if this episode resonated with you, if you know someone who needs to hear it, please share it with someone, you know, give us a five-star rating and review. We always appreciate it. Tag myself, Kylie, Allie, not your quick fix podcast on your socials. And thanks so much again, Allie. And we will be back next week with another special guest. Talk yeah, to you guys bye. next time. Bye. bye.